What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lazy Justice is a true crime podcast, therefore deals with incidents of violence, disturbing imagery, and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. The Lady Justice podcast wishes to offer their deepest condolences to the victims' families and wishes to offer thanks to those that work in emergency services. Hello my lovelies and welcome to the monthly bite-sized bonus episode of Lady Justice. My name is Chantel and I'm your friendly true crime addict with slight caffeine addiction issues. Bite-sized bonus episodes are released on the last day of the month, and they cover some of the cases in which there's not so much information out there, but really do need to be recognised. This is the final episode of our Teesside Terrors that have been throughout the entirety of the month of August. There's not much talking beforehand this time, but please remember to share this podcast with your friends, subscribe, rate and leave a review. As always, all my sources will be listed in the show notes. Our case this week takes place on a lay-by on the A181 road near Whitley Hill in County Durham. Scott Anthony Fletcher was born on the 21st of April 1983. He would be 37 this year. He was the only son of Judy and John, but adored by his family, especially his sisters. He was always smiling, and he grew up in a house that took in stray animals. That love of furry friends continued into his adulthood, with horses and dogs often being seen in pictures with the young man. As a boy growing up, he attended Sunday school and the boys' brigade. His mum Julie recalls how every year when it was time to camp, he would often cry on the first day, but would always soon settle in and enjoy himself. He was close with all of his family, and he was a mummy's boy. At school, living in the northeast town of Hartlepool, he struggled slightly after being diagnosed with ADD, 
and severe mood disorder. But with the support of those who loved him the most, he soon settled in. He wasn't a young man who drank often, the odd occasion with his friends and family. He was anti-drugs, and those who knew him remember him as a man who was always willing to go out of his way to help. He was an old soul with an adventurous fun side, with a love of music such as the Beatles. And the last song he listened to was by CeeLo Green. He loved to go out on a quad bike. He was a bonny lad, always smiling, generous, humble and pleasant. He got on with everyone. He was loyal and protective. His favourite holiday was Christmas. At the family home, he would often steal the Jack Skeleton bauble and hide it, as he loved the character and just wanted to keep it. He was a son, a brother, a friend, a lover, and a father. He lived for his kids. He was Scott Fletcher. So why is today's bonus episode about Scott? On the evening of May 11th, 2011, at around 8.20pm, Scott was to disappear without a trace, and as of yet, almost ten years later, hasn't been found. It is not believed that Scott is missing. The police launched a murder inquiry in December of 2015. Seven men from the Durham area have been arrested on conspiracy to murder, yet they have been released and the case has halted due to a lack of evidence. So today we shall run through what we do know, with some of the facts omitted at the request of the police involved. Yet, I will be going through as much as possible without mentioning names. On the evening that Scott went missing, he was at his parents' home. He had spent the day moving all of his furniture and belongings into a new home, owned by a relatively new acquaintance. He received a phone call on his mobile and told his dad that he wouldn't be long, about ten minutes. Scott clearly didn't think he would be long, as he even left his watch on the side. Scott's mum, Julie, worked in education. She'd been running the evening classes, and when she arrived home, she asked her husband where Scott was. He still hadn't returned, and that was so far out of character, it instantly worried his parents. He always rang home. In fact, even when he was in Thailand on holiday, He would still call his mum Julie in the middle of the night just to talk. They tried to ring his mobile, yet it kept going to voicemail. John was panicked, as was Julie, but she tried to come up with an excuse to ensure that her husband could sleep that night. Scott was a heavy sleeper, the type that when he had sunked out, not even a marching band could wake him. It was entirely possible that he'd gone back to his new place after being dropped off on the left-hand side of the A181, just near a side path by the jet garage earlier that evening. The next day, Scott's parents tried ringing around his friends and partner, Shelley, to which he looked after their son and his daughter Lucy, who was only four at the time. No one had seen or spoken to him, Scott had recently fallen into a bad crowd. He did have an arrest warrant out and a court date due in two weeks. 
The new acquaintances he had made were involved in a machete attack in a pub in Durham. Scott had become involved and was injured. It was so far out of character for him that when his mother returned from Turkey and heard of it, he was so ashamed he told her he just wished to keep his head down and was to avoid these new friends. He knew they were trouble, but he didn't reveal much else. It was clear that he was trying to make a move away from the people that had become involved in his life. Julie, his mum, believed that maybe he was just keeping his head down. But he was a devoted father. When Shelley, the mother of his little girl, hadn't heard from him, she made a missing persons report with Cleveland Police, and DCI John Green took over the case. Reports in the press stated he was last seen getting into a black or dark-coloured Clio driven by a blonde woman. This is misinformation. He was last seen on CCTV by the side of the road where he was dropped off, but that is the last he is seen of. When he vanished, he was wearing a black sweatshirt and black jeans. I would advise anyone to look at the episode's artwork to see a photo of Scott. When Scott was discovered to have disappeared, his family went to the new property he'd just moved into. All of his belongings, including his little girl's Disney bed, had gone. There was no trace of him having spent the day moving in. The police began to investigate his disappearance. It was clear that something more sinister had happened. He wasn't the man to abandon and vanish. Scott had links to places such as Liverpool, Cumbria, especially the world-famous travellers' event Appleby Fair, and the Durham-Cleveland area. He wasn't a man who'd been known to the police until he'd made his new friends, and it was thought that he'd begun to be involved in illegal cigarette sales. Unfortunately, the police investigation found that the young dad had fallen far deeper into a world he was alien to. It was discovered that he had debts surrounding people he had vouched for and the county line drug running, something that we've covered in the case of Leah Frey's murder, and it was thought that he may have been used by his new friends for involvement in the movement of drugs. His friends and family, the ones who knew him most completely, were unaware of his double life. The police tracked down those that had been involved in this world, and in December 2015, arrests were made. It is believed that though Scott was summoned, more likely for a beating, something went tragically wrong, and he was murdered on that spring night. There have been forensic digs to find Scott's body, yet to no avail. The Fletcher family, and I must admit after speaking with Julie, just astound me with their personal strength. However, the pain of losing their son with no answers does run deep in their voices. I cannot imagine only having some of the story from investigators. They have been supported by a family liaison officer from Cleveland Police, who still to this day keep in contact in regards to new developments. Despite health issues, the family have continued to put out appeals on Facebook, which you will find information for in the show notes, and I will be highlighting the information online also. They have travelled across the regions with posters that are almost always removed within a couple of days. 
they have spoken to those who have come to their house and threatened them. They have spoken to those who they believe have killed their son, and I cannot commend them any more. They really are some of the bravest people. Their aim, if they cannot have the answers surrounding what exactly happened to Scott, is that he is not forgotten, and I will happily stand by them so he isn't, and I hope you will too. Hearing his mother tell me that this has sucked the joy out of their lives, absolutely has blighted their lives, really does strike me, as I am a mum, and I don't know if I could do what the Fletchers continue to do on a daily basis. Appeals are made often. John Green of Cleveland Police told the BBC on the anniversary of the disappearance last year. There are people in the local community and beyond that know what happened to Scott, and if they don't want to speak to us, they can call Crime Stoppers anonymously. We must bring Scott home to his family. Julie Fletcher said, His disappearance has left a huge void in our lives that will never be filled. His daughter will be a teenager soon, and she's spent more years without her dad than she has with him. I just want to bring him home so that we can say a proper goodbye and stop the longing and wondering about where he is. Someone, somewhere, knows what happened to my boy. Now, fear is what I believe is holding this case back. Fear of those involved. And knowing the names of those involved, I can understand why. Some of which have landed themselves in prison since the arrests in 2015. There isn't enough evidence for police to bring a conviction forward. Will this bring closure? I doubt for the family it would. But I do think that knowing what really happened to Scott will help them heal. Crime Stoppers is an amazing charity that lets people give information in regards to cases in an anonymous fashion. This should alleviate anyone that is panicked or hiding knowledge in this case because you do not need to identify yourself in helping this family to move forward. Crime Stoppers has also announced in June 2020 there is now a £10,000 reward for further information. Ruth McNee from Crime Stoppers said, No family should have to be kept in the dark or unable to find some form of closure when a loved one has disappeared in such circumstances. Our charity is well aware that for some people, speaking directly to the police or authorities is not an option, or they are reluctant to do so for a number of reasons. Maybe loyalties have changed over the years. Maybe you've had suspicions. But because it was too close to home, you have kept quiet. Even if you think your information is insignificant, it could make all the difference. So what happened to Scott? He was last seen on the side of the A181, wearing all black at around 8.20pm on the 11th of May 2011. He told his dad he would be 10 minutes. No one has heard from him since, and there is an official murder inquiry continuing. If you have any further information, you can contact Cleveland Police, with Jim Allen being the lead investigator. You can contact them on the free phone number 101. I would urge you, if you have information, please tell it. And if you don't, please share this. With that... Go be good people.
go be kind, go be safe, and most importantly, go be happy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.